0: Welcome to the Quality Meat Scotland podcast. Industry updates and best practice to promote, support, develop, and protect the Scottish red meat sector.
1: Hello, and thank you very much for choosing to listen to this. I'm Mark Stephen. In the last episode, we were looking at the training and opportunities available in the meat processing sector. This week, we want to bring it a step closer to the kitchen and focus in on the retail butchery sector. Barry Green is the owner of Cairngorn Butchers in granton on Spain. Now, Barry started off as an apprentice and worked his way up. Many people, and if I was being honest, I was one of them, uh, probably don't realise that butchery can be a competitive sport, but apparently it can. And a couple of years ago, Barry was Butchers' Wars champion in Perth. Later this year, he'll be a member of Team GB in the World Butchers' Challenge in California. Gordon Newlands is Brands Development Manager at QMS. Gordon's responsible for managing the Scottish Butchers and the Scotch Chefs Clubs. He spent 38 years as a butcher, owned his own business, and also started off as an apprentice. Thank you both very much for taking the time to do this. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, Mark. I'm going to start off with you, Barry, on a complete tangent. What is Butcher Wars?
0: Butcher Wars was a new concept of the competition that had been running in Scotland for. Years they used to do the Scottish butcher of the year, and it was uh like a two and a half hour competition. So I think they just wanted to kind of revamp but I think the butcher wars have maybe been running in Australia and New Zealand, so they took it over here. It was like a quick fire competition. There was lots, lots more com- competitors, and it was 45 minutes to to cut and prepare your half carcass of lamb. Uh, Loin a pork, and I think I think that was all we had to do. It was just a blur that day.
1: <laughs> You're actually probably underselling it. I went online and had a look at it. This is this cross between, I mean, obviously butchery skills, but it's it's like being mixed up with World Wrestling Federation and Stars on the Rise. I mean, it's serious razzmatazz.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You come out out through the the doorway, and it was a bit like Stars near the your Rise or smoke and music. Entrance music. It was uh, it was quite full on, and no sooner did the did the did it start, and it was all over. You know, so it was it was quite interesting. And I, I always promised myself I'd never doing another competition, but when that came round, I thought forty five minutes, I can do that. We'll give it a shot. And uh, it was great. I really enjoyed it.
1: You go in with a, a half carcass of lamb and you, on your shoulder, over your shoulder. Yes, exactly. Through, through the smoke, through the dry ice. But I mean, at the end of the day, you ended up with a table full of stuff that looked just fabulous.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was quite amazing what you could put on show in forty-five minutes. I was quite impressed with it myself. I, I was actually a bit disappointed with my display because I didn't quite get it what I wanted. You know, I was I let myself down a little bit. I felt. But I still I still came away with it with the trophy at the end of the day, so that wasn't too bad.
1: <laughs> Can't have let yourself down too far.
0: Yeah, but it was good. It was good. I really enjoyed it. But now, now we're saying we're going to go for the World Butcher Challenge. So, yeah, again, I'm going to do another. This is definitely the last one.
1: Honestly, honestly, honestly,
0: it's too stressful. I don't think I can take it now.
1: Gordon Newlands is Brands Development Manager at QMS Um, I'm going to come to you next Gordon but I'm actually going to ask you both exactly the same question just to see the comparison between the two what in your opinion Gordon goes you know what are the component parts that go into making a really exceptional butcher
2: oh right that's a that's a cracker question to start with Mark it is for me you have to love what you do in anything in any role and I think for the, the our industry, the butchery industry, you have to live and breathe it. And, you know, Barry just mentioned there that uh, at Butcher Wars, when he was crown champion, he wasn't entirely satisfied with his finished display. That just shows to me that the professionalism that Barry has wanted it to be absolutely perfect. And, uh, you know, he was disappointed with it. However, he still became champion. That is a level of professionalism that we require in butchery in the red meat sector in scotland and i think our young people coming into the industry when they they learn from journeymen butchers and and business owners like barry and others uh, up and down the country they can glean all that information and then become a fully rounded master craftsman for me that that it's a combination of everything they have to have to listen and learn and uh, you know pay attention and uh and hone their skills it's like anything you, you know you go into an engineer apprentice engineer you have to start at the bottom same as the butchery industry but you learn over time and you then become that master craftsman and in reality that's that's what that's what we are
1: it's always unfair doing it this way barry because if you're asking the same You know, two people the same question. You know, you're kind of sweeping up after after Gordon now, trying to figure out the bits that Gordon hasn't already said. But, mean, what would you add to that?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think you've you've got to be you've got to be prepared to work hard and give up your weekends mostly, (laughs) and have a bit of flair. You know, you've got to have a bit of flair and just be really great be creative nowadays it, it, it's so much different from when I started you could put a bit of boiling beef in the window and and the, the customers were happy not not so much nowadays there's so much more to it and I enjoy I enjoy that a lot more now the, the value-added products and the, the creative and the artiness of it all um, I'm still enjoying that side of things you know it's you've just got to be prepared to work hard and and have a thick skin as well. <laughs>
1: Why the thick skin? Who's going to have a
0: go at you? Oh, there's always there's always somebody wanting to have a pop at you, usually in jest, but you've got to have a sense of humour. I think that's an important part of it as well. Yeah, <laughs> Being able to yeah, take abuse is. from the some of the older generation that don't maybe think you're cutting the, the meat the right way, the way the old butcher used to do it, the way my boss used to do it. How
1: did you actually begin, Gordon?
2: I left school with no qualifications, unfortunately. So I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. But I I was on my way down to join the, the army, to be honest. And there was an advert in the shop window as I passed. And I went in and uh, I started two hours later. And I remember going home to my mother and father saying, I've got a job and uh, I'm an apprentice butcher. And they were absolutely delighted. And in those days, I think, you know, a long time ago, I'm showing my age now, but 1985, in those days, the emphasis was getting a trade. There was loads of, of apprentice joiners, bricklayers, bakers, butchers, jobs going, and those apprentice woolen mill uh, weavers and things like that in in the region where I live. And not so many people went to further education and university in those days, whereas now, you know, the emphasis is on further education and And university, and I think we're slightly missing the emphasis on the trades because we need trades. We need engineers. We need engineers to fix our cars. We need butchers to feed the community, and that's that's what we do. You know, we we feed our local communities from from the high street, and you know, I started two hours later, and uh, you know, it's not an easy industry. You're working in a cold environment, but. It is one that is very gratifying that you can take a whole animal carcass and produce several hundreds of products and display them in a way that a consumer can think, "Oh, I really like the look of that. I'm going to buy that and have that for my tea." And that gives you a sense of gratification. For me, anyway, that that that's you know that's what I liked about the trade, and that's why I kept my head down for four years, got through my my SVQs and uh, eventually got my diploma. And that's, uh, for me, it, it's what I, I wouldn't have... T- you know, there's a... there's a, a, a SDS always say there's no wrong path. And I firmly believe that. I wouldn't change my path, ever. Much as my father wanted me to join the army, but I would never change my path
1: now. Never. Looking back at your career, Barry, how important was your apprenticeship?
0: I learned uh, my apprenticeship from, a, from very traditional butchers and... Um, it was long hours, and it was great. I loved it. Um, the guy, the guy was a was really skilled, and his son, John, he's an assessor now. He's he's sort of went on to further his career and a different sort of role in the meat industry. But it was really good. I'm still learning now, apprenticeship. But it still seems to be going on. I'm still learning I'm, I'm, with the running of the shop and that. So it's it never seems to stop. <laughs>
1: I wanted to ask you about that too, because I mean, aside from very obvious knife skills and things like that, you know, and, and and all the sort of traditional learning that comes with that, what else does a good high street butcher need to be good at? You know, if you're running it as a business, looking at it overall.
0: I think you need to be good at everything. You know, you need to be good at talking to people. You need to be good looking at your your margins and. I also think it's good to have a good good woman behind you that can do the bookwork because I'm I'm useless at that. Could work the
1: other way around. Let's not be sexist about it. Yeah, no, 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 no.
0: yeah, I always think it's it all comes down to teamwork at the end of the day. You need a good team, it's not just one person. So you can't you can't rely on just the one person. It's so if you can if you can have a great team there, it's half the battle. I'm I'm not great at everything I try and, I, I'm good at cutting meat. I like to to have the banter with the with the customers. Some of the, the paperwork side of things is not not my forte. shall we say, but uh, when it comes to cutting meat, I like to think I'm I'm getting there. But
1: if, if you're looking at this overall, Gordon, I mean, you know, trying to run um, butchers on the high street, you, you know, I suppose you've got things like costings. Health and safety, you know, ordering, accounting, as, as Barry's mentioned there, inspections, you know, management skills. All that. Where do you pick up those skills? You know, are there courses available?
2: Yes, there are, there are courses available, of course. But I think, that you know, Barry's quite correct. I always say that, you, you know, your, your two SVQs that you have to go through, uh, I think they're level five and level six now, they give you a, a level of what the industry requires. And I always say, once you get through those two SVQs, then that's when the hard work starts. Because you have to learn about costing. You have to learn about health and safety. You have to learn about what your EHO, the Environmental Health Officer requires. You have to learn to fill in paperwork on temperatures of a roast coming out of the oven or steak pies out of the oven for heaven forbid, we would never want to make our food unsafe to consumers. Communication with staff, There are all these things that they are available, uh, you know, through other organisations and QMS. However, I always think that the the best way for a young person to ask uh, is to ask the question, you know, ask their bosses. If they see something that they've not learned before, and I'm exactly the same as Barry, I'm 54 this year, and I'm still learning the trade. You know, I can go into butcher shops up and down the country from Plymouth right up to shetland and i can see something being done a different way and i always take a note of it because you never know when that is going to come in handy so this industry evolves it's evolved since i went through my apprenticeship it's evolved since barry's went through his apprenticeship and the big thing now for me is is the digital aspect of butchery you know the young ones they're brought up with that. that 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 is that is their life I never had that. We never had mobile phones uh, in those days, so I think the social media and digital aspect of of uh, butchery and the industry is is key uh, to to promote a business. But all these things are available. But for young people, they have to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. You know how. A, how can I get that health and safety qualification? How can I go on a course for social media? How can I do a, a costing on that side of beef? The, the answers are all there. The, people will have them for you, but they just need to ask to make sure that their career progresses.
1: You said earlier that you know we, we still need mechanical engineers, we still need butchers and things like that. Is there a shortage of butchers at the moment?
2: Yes, there is a shortage of butchers at the moment and, you know, since Brexit, I, I, Brexit, yes, Brexit has been a, a contributing factor uh, to that. However, I, I think we've, uh, you know, we, we've let uh, a lot of young people slip through the net and hence we started, Skills Development Scotland and Quality Meat Scotland started a joint project or Butchery Careers' website, butcherycareers.co.uk, where It's for everybody, it's for businesses, it's for young people looking to get into the industry. It's for parents or guardians of young people to look and see uh, if the industry is for them. We've on that website, we have three inspiring young people in our industry that talk about the industry, what it means to them and, you know, how they are progressing. We've got a section on funding routes for employers, which is very important, you know, and most regions help employers fund an apprentice. And also we've got jobs from processors and independent butchers. And I think, you know, as I said before, uh, there was a emphasis on trades when I left the school. What we've done now is we've got links with all the developing young workforce coordinators in all the regions who are all now visible of the butchery careers, so the more we can talk about it, and more we can get it out in front of young people, hopefully they can view it as a as a valued career. And the, over the next five years, we can get young people into the trade, and hopefully drive forward our industry.
1: Barry, what are the benefits to? I mean, stand this in its head. What are the benefits to a business of actually employing an apprentice?
0: I've had taken a few apprentices on the last. The list, uh, since I started uh, running my own shop, and I've really enjoyed, I've really enjoyed training them and showing them, showing passing on my skills that I've learned. I just think getting somebody like like a clean slate and just being able to mould them into the way, the way that you want them to bone things out and, and carry out the uh, procedures that you want to, them to do your way is quite good. But it's a good way of taking them from from sort uh, of a clean slate and. and but uh, and you'll always get support as well from Craft Skills Scotland, financial support as well to help them th- pay for the pay for some of their training and that as well. So that's quite good for people that are struggling a wee bit, a little smaller businesses and that. I, I find that uh, we've we've put a, an older, an older, uh, more mature apprentice through the last couple of years. A woman who just was in her forties. And she's been one of the best I've had. You know, uh, she was uh, at a background in chefing, so it's it's great to have that sort of side of things that she can pass on the cooking things to customers, and it's just it's just been a sort of breath of fresh air going from getting something who's getting a teenager who who can it's maybe not sort of not got bills to pay at the end of the day and things like that. It's a struggle to get them out of the weekends, but. The older ones are showing their worth too. But, no, that was been a bit of breath of fresh air, having a, a more mature apprentice.
1: That's really interesting, actually, because I mean, I, before you mentioned that woman, I was thinking to myself, you know, how has butchery actually changed and like the role of the high street butcher? Because, you know, as you say, well, as Gordon was saying, you know, you as, as if I look back to my childhood, stuff was kind of hanging in the windows, but there was no real artistry to it. Nowadays, it's almost as if it's like... You're being a chef, but you're leaving the customer to cook it themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, some of the things in the uh, in the butcher shop windows nowadays, you think, wow, it? it almost looks too good to cook with all the flowers and things that they they jazz them up with now. But she's very good at that. I got two two year uh, lasses in the shop, and they're they're so creative. And some of the things that they do, you know, it's uh, they're giving the lads a run for their money.
1: How have you noticed retail butchery changing across the years, Gordon?
0: Well,
2: as Barry mentioned before, you know, we, 1985, we didn't really have a value-added range in our windows. You know, it was very traditional, you we know, in a small town in the Scottish Borders. And, you know, although we sold some a serious amount of produce, the value-added ranges didn't really come in until, uh, you know, the sauce manufacturers and crumb manufacturers started being creative with the products. So we were not really adding value to our product in those days. And that is the single biggest thing that I've seen. I think our industry isn't deemed as a sexy industry. However, I do now, I think it is extremely sexy because you've got the likes of Barry Green, And uh, uh, people like uh, Wendy Donald, Ariane Bennett, Ryan Briggs, all young people that are absolutely fantastic uh, to create products that, you know, gives their consumers the utmost confidence to purchase. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. And, uh, you know, we, we have some extremely good young people that are coming through. And I think... In the next 10 years i'll look at it again and something else will change in our industry and i just think it, it's evolving all the time we're learning all the time but yeah the biggest thing for me is, is we didn't have value added in those days you know if somebody came in for a sirloin steak you had to go and cut a sirloin steak off the hindquarter predominantly and you know the youngsters don't get a chance to do that now because everything's cut and place in the counter, so yeah, it's evolving all the time. But I think it's it's evolved for the for the right reasons, one hundred percent.
0: Barry,
1: where do you think it's going in the future?
0: A lot of stuff now um, is ready in the counter, ready just to take home, throw in the oven. Women are out there working, men are out there working. They come home and they just want to have something quick, easy, nutritional. I mean, I know sometimes they're pushing to eat the red meat and that, you know, but I mean, uh, pushing to eat less of that. So we need to try and think about pushing more of our vegetables along like side dishes, along with the with the red meat as well. You know, we need to try and keep up with trends and, and things like that. Uh, I mean, we have a range, a range of vegetables that, that complement the meat in our, our window, you know. So we just need to try and keep... Evolving, as you say, with the changing times and the the environment and all that sort of thing. You know, we just need to try and uh, keep up with the supermarkets and just keep beating them with the with the quality and the produce we've got.
1: I'm smiling to myself because I I can. What you're describing there is, you know, this is what we've done with the meat. Here are the accompanying vegetables, and this is a really nice Shiraz that will go nicely. You know, it's it's a kick in the backside off it, really, isn't
0: it? (laughs) It's not far away. You know, we just want to come to the butchers and get everything, and just slap it in the oven, and then that's you. That's I mean, that's what people want now. People don't want to come home and put in a bit of boiling beef and uh, get the tatties on and all that. You know, they just want they want to be have as little to do as possible. You know, and and I think we're getting better at that sort of meal solutions and that. You know, that's it's uh, it seems to be going that way. I know more and more stuff in my window. And the counter is just forty-five minutes in the oven. There you go. That's it. And that's your sweet potatoes on the side. You don't have to think about anything else. <laughs> they don't want. To, they don't want to sort of think about how to cook meals that uh, your granny used to do.
1: But it does mean that you have to have people, you know, behind the counter and you know behind the scenes who are capable of creating those kind of meals, so they can sit out front and be sold to the the customer. But I, I started off asking you both the same question. I'm going to finish off by asking you both the same question. I'll go to you first, Barry. This time though, um, what would you say to a young person listening to this who was considering a career in butchery?
0: I would definitely recommend it. I mean, there's lots of career paths, once you're in the meat industry, you've done your butchery, there's lots of careers or, or different moves you can make, like up into management and you can travel, I've travelled a little bit I uh, went to Bermuda as a butcher if you've got the right attitude and you're willing to work, you're, you're only limitations yourself really, I mean there's loads of opportunities out there in the meat industry, not just in a shop doing that sort of thing, I mean the, the sky's a limit really in 20 years time these are the guys that's going to be running the shops and owning the shops you know i mean i never thought i'd be i would own a shop when i started it was always my dream you know i thought i'd really like to have a shop and and i've worked hard and i've achieved it you know so there's no reason why why all these these youngsters can't do the same thing i think there's more opportunities now than there was when i was you know so they're the future
1: same question you gordon
2: Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Like Barry, I'm passionate about the industry, and uh, you know, I think now uh, young people have got such a fantastic opportunity if they come into our industry. It's becoming it's on the cusp of something great again, and I think yeah. It, it, although it's a it's a tough old industry, but if they've got that work ethic, they can get through their apprenticeship, go into the Scotch Craft Butchers Diploma there's manufacturing butchers roles the front of house it's not everybody that wants a knife in their hand but you know if somebody's good with uh, communication and consumers front of house we've had a, a young butcher in the past that has went on to become an environmental health officer there's new product development there's assessors roles health and safety abattoir the processing roles sales executives new product development for for sauce and manufacturers so if I had my time again would I change it not a chance not a chance and I would recommend it for every young people out there as a valued career stick in keep the head down and as Barry said they can travel anywhere in the world and uh, make a good living butchers will always be wanted in this world there is nothing turer about that
1: Gordon Newlands and Barry Green thank you both very much for your time
2: no worries, Mark. Thank you very much. Cheers,
1: Cheers. If you've just caught up with this podcast series, then it's maybe worth saying that it's been, I mean, to be honest, Gordon, more or less, think sort of enumerated all those things we've been talking about over the last five, six episodes, But education, training, continuing personal development, and the various, the many opportunities you can find within the red meat sector. We've covered a lot of ground, so you might find it worth your while to check out the other five episodes. I'm Mark Stephen. Until the next series, thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to the Quality Meat Scotland podcast. For news and to listen back to previous episodes of the podcast, visit qmscotland.co.uk. For Scotch beef, Scotch lamb and specially selected pork recipe videos and inspiration, visit www.scotchkitchen.com or follow Scotch Kitchen on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.